Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Mom Hour. This is Sarah, and I am here with Megan. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. Wait a second. Why are we here talking before the music? Okay, I know. This is a little different. Well, we're popping in to let everyone know that our Voices series is back today after a bit of a hiatus. The Mom Hour Voices is a series we launched way back in 2016, and it's featured dozens and dozens of guests over the years. We've had experts on, we've had real moms from our community, we've had panel discussions, and more recently, we've started to incorporate the voices of moms from our contributor team. Yeah, and we hit pause on Voices in 2022, but we're really excited to bring it back today. And this episode is a fun first, Sarah. It's an episode of the Mom Hour that features neither of us. I know, this feels really big. So today's episode is a conversation between Jamie and Kia, two members of our team that you've all gotten to know over the last year and a half or so. Their kids range in age from baby all the way up to teen. And today they're digging into motherhood and technology in a conversation we know you're all going to love. Well, we'll be back in your ears on Tuesday, as always, with another all new episode. But for now, here's Jamie and Kia in the latest episode in the Mom Hour Voices series. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. This is Jamie Sherrod, and I am here with fellow contributor Kia Hammond today. Hey Kia. Hey Jamie. So as you can tell here, um, neither of us is Megan or Sarah, which is not an accident, but might feel a little strange. We are hoping you will stick with us because we are excited about the topic today, which is really going to span all stages of motherhood, I think, Um, because we're talking about the experience of being a mom with those little devices in our hands, also known as our phones, that keep us constantly connected to the world and people around us. Um, 
This isn't going to be like a tech or phone bashing episode at all, just to be clear, because I think, Kia, you and I both really like our phones, right? We do. We do. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So let's first remind listeners who we are, um, if you want to go first. All right. Yes. So I'm Kia. I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I have four kids. Uh, Their ages are 14, five, three, and the baby just turned 16 months old. Awesome. Um, again, I am Jamie Sherrod. I live in a suburb just outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I have two kids who are ages five and three. So we do span from littles up to one big in your case. Um, so let me first start by talking a little bit of how I kind of arrived at this idea and why I wanted to chat with you about it. Um, so a little bit backstory. Several months ago, I got a text from someone pretty predominant in my life who's a couple generations older than me. And she asked me a question. It was like 8 or 9 a.m. And she sent me a text with a question. I didn't respond to it. I remember having both kids at home. Things were a little chaotic because obviously. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a text from her again a couple hours later that just said, hello, question mark. Kind of like, hey, you know, I need you to respond to this question. And from my perspective, I was like, this wasn't emergent or, Mm. you know, time sensitive, anything like that. Now, I have had a variety of other um, instances like this with other people with different ages where you kind of get the vibe that they want a response from you really quickly. And it was just this particular incident that sort of made me think like, hey, this is really strange that it is expected that I am easily accessible to really anyone and everyone whenever they want me to be, you know, and it isn't generation specific, young people, older people. And I thought like, it is so interesting, the experience of just being a mom in 2023 and having this device that kind of makes me constantly connected to everyone. There are great things about it, and there are also really hard things about it. And I then started thinking about you because I was like, this is so interesting because Kia has a kid who is older. And when you had Maya, Mm -hmm. you um, didn't have like the accessibility of a smartphone and the what goes along with that. So I thought, I want to chat with Kia about this because one, you're like really active on social media. And then you also span the experience of what it was like to have a phone now and less access when Maya was a baby. So I would love to hear from you about like the difference between remind us like when you had Maya and what you had um, with regard to phone usage. I'm so excited you thought about me because it's definitely (laughs) something I think about all the time too with how different things are now. And, um, okay. So I had Maya, my sophomore year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was in 2009. So I did have a phone and I mean, it wasn't like a flip phone. So, but it wasn't the smartphones that we know today. Like I didn't have an iPhone. I don't think anybody had an iPhone then. Um, they were really new. Yeah. So unless you were a real big tech person, you probably exactly. Yeah. So yeah, at 16, I did not have an iPhone, but I did have like a pretty (laughs) cool phone. Um, So I think I mainly had a BlackBerry in high school. And so you could text, 
you, we text. We didn't really talk on the phone much. Um, and I just remember, like, as far as social media, you could text a multimedia message to, like, Twitter and <laughs> Facebook and um, update them from there instead of, like, otherwise you got to get on your computer to get on social media. Um, so I said that in uh, Facebook, I had Facebook in um 2010. Otherwise, we had MySpace or AIM. Do you remember AIM? Mm-hmm. AIM, yeah. MySpace. So, I think I was Cool Cat 422. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, otherwise, you just got on like your computer at school. Like you would sneak in, of course, in high school and get on your computer and check your social medias, your messages. Right. Or I did have a laptop. Um, and then to take pictures, you would carry around a digital camera and that's how you took your pictures. And so you would upload hundreds of pictures at a time. You could always tell when someone had like a big event because then they would upload hundreds of pictures. So I remember like big events like Maya's first birthday party or her first zoo trip. You had like the little memory cards that came out and you would put them in your computer and you would upload them all. Um, and then in 2012, I got an Instagram. And in 2012, when you first got Instagram, you just posted like pretty pictures, like right. a picture of the lake or a picture of the beach. We weren't really like showing our faces much then either. And you, they were heavily filtered. Yes. You snap add like four filters. To yes. Exactly. They had those crazy filters then. Um, and then you just posted like memes or I remember doing like screenshots of like the song I was listening to on like my iPad, iPod at that time. Um, and then in 2013, we got Snapchat. Okay. So with Snapchat, they didn't have stories yet. Like they do now where you can like on Instagram where you can view a story for 24 Mm -hmm. hours, you would just send someone a picture and they didn't even have videos then either. So I remember doing that. And then... Let's see. In 2017, my second was born. And that was when you got to post multiple pictures at a time Mm, on Instagram. So then you weren't always like clouding people's feeds, like posting, you know, a picture every couple hours a day. You could post multiple at once. And then once Instagram got stories, which they took that idea from Snapchat, um, I want to say like 2018, 2019. Yeah, sounds about right. That sounds about right. Because I remember being so like, I'm never going to use those. That's a Snapchat thing. And then, you know, here we are. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, So I think I want to say in 2018 is when social media became like a big part of my life. Where like I was felt like I was checking it every day to see like what other people were doing. I was updating other people on my life as well. And then... um, Mm -hmm. So today, TikTok is a big thing as well. Yeah. And so the weird part about TikTok is it's also the only social media that I have that one of my children has as well. Oh, yeah. That is strange. Very weird. That is really strange. Yes. So do you feel like categorically you feel, do you feel more attached to your phone now than you did when you had Maya? Absolutely. I mean... I was barely ever like, I don't think if Maya could say when she was little, if her mom was ever like had her phone like in her face, like if I ever had my phone in my face, I think she would say no. Whereas my kids now, like they'll pick up my phone if they see it on the table. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's kind of part of your person now that it wasn't, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. 
So from my perspective, I have never not had a smartphone since becoming a mom. Um, I became a mom in 2018. So that's almost kind of, you know, when your Mm -hmm. timeline, you were like, yeah, this is when it really kicked in for you, social media being a part of your life. And that is when I became a mom. So I can't really imagine a world where I didn't have a phone with a kid around, but I can say with absolute certainty that my um, inclination to grab it at a sense of boredom or scroll has drastically increased just in the last five years that I've had a phone, because I think in some ways social media has gotten better at keeping me you know, kind of hooked on my phone. So it's more of an interest for me to grab it. Um, So I've seen that. I've definitely seen that change. But so let's talk about what we are going to talk about today on this episode. We're just going to really talk about that motherhood experience that you and I are kind of describing of raising kids at home, all while having access to the world around us and people having access to us through these phones. Um, We aren't going to talk at all about like kids screen time or anything like that, because that's a whole other topic that I think everyone knows is a different bear. And this is just going to be about us moms and our experience. Um, But we are going to talk about all the things that we do love about having a phone. Because like we mentioned above, like, I think we both like having phones. I think most of us would probably agree that it helps us in a lot of ways. But then we will get to kind of some of the challenges and frustrations that it brings. And then just to make sure we kind of round out with some tips for people to take away, we're just going to offer some suggestions at the end of the episode for figuring out how to kind of manage all of the greatness and weirdness that comes with having a phone because it's great and it's hard and it's fun and it's weird just like all at the same time. Yeah. And we're never going to go back to that stage that I was in when I had Maya. We're never going to not have our phones anymore, right? We're never not going to have internet access and we might choose to take breaks from social media. Um, they might be long-term or short-term, but like, we're always going to have the access if we want the access. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. And we can't even, it's really hard for us to even predict what it's going to look like five years from now. Right. So it is what it is. Let's talk about it and just sort through it and acknowledge that we're all kind of going through this together. Um, I want to share a few disclaimers before we jump in though. Um, just important to note that this is just going to be mine and Kia's experiences. And we know there are going to be other moms out there who have different experiences and opinions about their phones. And we actually really hope that after this episode, we can hop on Instagram and Facebook and kind of share some of those things so we can get a broader look at what the community actually feels about their phones. Um, Again, I think we've kind of alluded to this, but we're not going to be condemning phone usage at all. I mean, y'all, I use my phone a lot and um, I love a lot of things about it. And so also I will add, if you are interested in decreasing your screen time, um, Stacy, one of our fellow contributors, also has a post up on the Mom Hour blog about her experience with cutting back on screen time. And it's a really, really good read. So I would Definitely recommend you check that out and we can put that in the show notes. 
Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Okay, so we can just go back and forth here, but let's start with all the things that we really do love and appreciate about having a phone, but like really specifically as it relates to motherhood. So you go first. All right. So I just want to say, especially the connectedness that I feel um, social media friends are real friends too, right? I mean, you and I have never met in person and we're totally friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole mom, our contributor team, like, I feel like we all have this good online friendship and we would never have that if it weren't for our phones or social media. Um, Megan and Sarah, we wouldn't like, we've never met them in real life. Yeah. Um, they just feel like our friends and that's all because of, you know, the internet and our phones. Um, especially during the pandemic, obviously when we weren't seeing anyone and really the only real connectedness we had with other people was, you know, through the phones and through the internet. And so, I mean, for that's the biggest reason for me, right? That's why I'm always going to like love my phone. That's the best part about it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's called social media for a reason, the social component. And it is, it's really important. I couldn't agree more. 
Um, so one of my first things that I love about having a phone that with like quick access to the internet specifically is I am such a sucker for any sort of knowledge or information. Um, and you know, you're a nurse, I'm a nurse too. And I love being able to like quick Google, like how much Tylenol do I need to get my kid based on their weight right now? Cause you know, maybe I haven't been to the pediatrician in, you know, a year or whatever. Um, I've like looked up photos of rashes on my kids to like try and get an idea of what is growing on their skin, you know, that normally if we didn't have access to the internet, we wouldn't have the ability to look these things up. We'd just be a little more in the dark. Um, and then also one thing that I've really valued is like maps and reviews of kids spaces. I feel like my kids childhood experience has been like widened because of the internet, because I can look things up. I feel like historically, if I wanted to take my kids to a park, you know, I might be within a 10 or 15 minute radius of my house. But now I know that there are other amazing parks and splash pads that are just 20 or 25 minutes away that I might not otherwise hear about or know about because they aren't within my local vicinity. Um, And so I'm just really grateful for, I feel like it has truly enriched the experiences that my kids can have that I don't think would have otherwise happened. I love that you bring that up because I never thought about it that way. Because when I think about the places that I used to take Maya, like we would just go to parks that we could walk at really. Mm-hmm. And and then with my three little kids now, I'm constantly like, oh, I saw someone review this park or someone posted this park. Let's look up the directions exactly. and go there. We are always visiting new parks. So I didn't even think about that part. And remember like back in the day when we used to print instructions oh, yeah. to yes. drive places? Um Yes. And I remember having what, like a Tom Tom in my car to go places like when I was a yeah. teenager and I would drive Maya around and we don't have to worry about those things now because of our phones. Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting lost. <laughs> I mean, those are all major perks for sure. Yes. And then when you say about like looking things up, um, that brings me to um, my last two babies had lip and tongue ties when I was breastfeeding mm-hmm. them. And I learned so much through the internet, um, especially my son, Brayden was born right in the pandemic. And so doctor's offices were literally shut down. I could not take him to be seen. And so I kind of just like figured out on my own from the internet that he had a lip and tongue tie. And I like, I would have been stuck um, with like no help or resources if it weren't for the internet to be able to figure that out, to help me help us. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, so also I want to say the memories that social media gives me yes. as far as um, when I talked about uploading so many pictures of Maya, I get Facebook memories, even Snapchat memories all the time of like Maya just turned 14. Her first birthday picture album was on oh my, my Facebook gosh. memories. Yes. So that's just so special. And I don't even really get on Snapchat anymore. Snapchat anymore. I only have Snapchat because me and my three sisters will send each other pictures and videos, but I don't really use that as like a form of communication with like friends, but I will never get rid of it because of all the memories that I have on Snapchat that I can see like the pictures that I don't have anywhere else. Yeah, that is remarkable. So special. So I have 14 years of motherhood memories on my social medias and on my phone. Yeah. That's amazing that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I think we've heard Megan and Sarah talk about photos before and 
like Megan has mentioned, I think she said something about like, you know, there may only be 12 or 15 photos of me from age, you know, zero to 10 or something like that. And like, you know, we, maybe we have swung a little far with taking tons and tons of photos. However, like they live in a cloud and we can look at them anytime. And that's a really, really beautiful thing. And so I totally agree. Um, so my next one is I, 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 just as I'm a sucker for knowledge, I'm a sucker for a good influencer who can give me some (laughs) mom information. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like why I love the mom hour and, I really value that I can find that sort of information on my phone really easily and kind of feel connected to someone that I otherwise would never meet or would never know anything about who can provide some like really amazing perspectives on things. I'll also add that um, I'm exclusively an auditory learner. Like I'm a pretty bad reader and um, it's really hard for me to pick things up like with my eyeballs. And um, so the fact that I can have my phone on me and be able to get like actual mom information and recommendations through like podcasts and audiobooks is truly life-changing for me. Like I feel like it has actually helped make me a better mom because I can get information that I want that I otherwise would probably have a lot harder time consuming if I had to find the books and read them. So that is definitely a huge piece of my motherhood experience. You know, when you say that, I'm thinking of, I remember going to literally the library to pick out like parenting books mm-hmm. off of like a shelf. And now I don't have to do that. I can literally type in my search bar in Apple Podcasts what I want to listen to. The other day I typed in like a problem I have with my teenager to hear like what other experts or moms might be talking about. And I listened to about three podcast episodes from other podcasts and other people to see, you know, just to get some more information. Yeah, that is remarkable. And even if I'm like having trouble figuring out what to feed my kids, I'm like, let me go on. Who do I love? The yummy toddler food page. I'm like, let me see what she's making lately. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, that is brilliant information. I totally agree. Yeah. So always learning a lot on our phones. And then I just wanted to say too, like I have worked so hard to like, make my feed truly my feed. So I have like decluttered things that I don't want to see people that I don't want to follow, um, Mm -hmm. to make it really mine. So like I follow a lot of parenting, um, pages, but also like through the ages and stages of my kids are, which honestly is kind of all of them. So (laughs) I'm so breastfeeding. So I'm following like all the breastfeeding pages, but then I also have a toddler and a preschooler. And then I also have found like recently I've been following a lot of teen parenting pages Um, So just like that, we can curate everything to us specifically, you know, the algorithm, which is good and bad and Mm -hmm, kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then um, I did want to say, though, I am glad that I didn't have all of the all of this information when I was a first time mom. I think that um, it would have made me a little bit overwhelmed being a first time mom and having all of this access um, especially with like influencers and such, I think that it, I kind of would be like, who do I follow? Um, so I do empathize with moms, um, like mom, first time moms nowadays, um, knowing or having so much information at their fingertips. Yeah. I mean, even influencer culture that I'm putting in like big air quotes here yes. has evolved drastically from when I had my first in 2018 to now. So if I was having my 
you know, if I had my first baby right now in 2023, gosh, there's a lot to choose from. And I'm even going to get into some of that when we kind of get down to the challenges. You know, all of this has two sides to it, right? And I think, you know, we're trying to just acknowledge that there there's good and bad to both. And sometimes the same thing is in fact, both good and bad or, you know, helpful and hard. Um, so you know, it's, it's just something worth talking about and kind of acknowledging. Um, so my last one is kind of a little bit similar to your first one of like making mom friends and stuff like that. But I feel like my phone and specifically through the pandemic has helped kind of give me an overall sense of just feeling a little bit less alone. And I'm, I'm thinking more alone in regard to like my parenting struggles specifically and feeling like, is my kid the only kid that is doing this? Like I used to say all the time, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in someone else's house. So I could just get an idea. Is it my house that is struggling this hard? And I feel like because of social media and because of the access on my phone, I have found that, yeah, that's right. I'm not the only one. There are other moms out there who are feeling this way. I may never meet them. I may never get to have a conversation with them, but I absolutely feel like I am not the only one struggling with this problem. And social media and my phone have provided that, you know, kind of comfort in my life, basically. I was going to say, yeah, it definitely sounds like comfort there that you're getting that you needed. Yeah. And we all needed that during the pandemic, Um, especially because we weren't around to see other people and how they parented their kids and what was going on in their homes. I love that you brought that up. Right. Exactly. All right. So let's move into some more of the challenging stuff. Um, You know, what is it about having a phone and having access to social media and the Internet that has maybe made your mother could experience, you know, more difficult or more frustrating? So I think right now, especially, I would say feeling like I can never keep up with everything. Mm -hmm. Like there's always a new toy that's that everybody seems to have or like the newest clothes and style. And I feel like I have just made the conscious decision um, that I'm never going to be, you know, be able to keep up with all of it all the time. Um, But that can feel a little weird. Yeah, I know. And it's really hard. You know, you mentioned the algorithm just a couple minutes ago. I think about how we used to get generic ads like on television or on the radio. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a real impact that targeted ads have on us, you know, because you're getting fed ads on Instagram for clothes and gadgets that are very specific to your interests. And that makes it even harder to kind of say no and say, like, do I really need that? Instead of just, you know, like the oil change ad on the TV, you're like, okay, that's not that important to me right now. You can kind of pass by it, right? Yes. And so that that is definitely a hard part. I can absolutely understand that. It's I'm thinking specifically, specifically about, do you know, like the bamboo pajamas and yes. they come in the cutest prints ever, but they're like $35 yeah, right, for right. a sleeper. And I'm like, I, I want it. And it's in like my kid's favorite cartoon or print or like, it really like matches like our aesthetic and like, I would love it and yes. they would love it. But I'm like, I don't 
don't know if I can do it. I know you're having to exert a lot of willpower, right? Yes. I totally, I totally get that. That is a frustration on my end too, for sure. Um, Okay. So one of my first things that I struggle with a little bit is sort of the conflicting messages about motherhood that I tend to see on social media and that I can myself get like a little bit sucked into if I click on a comment section and start scrolling to kind of see what people are saying about a certain topic. And I think one of the reasons this kind of concept can be challenging to me is like, I don't even really have a good example for you, but take any topic that anything that you can think of is polarizing, like let's just say breastfeeding and formula. Take a topic like that that I might in like a really non-social media state not realize is even a polarizing topic, but because of social media, it has now become a thing that you're kind of on one side or the other. And maybe that's not the best example, but it's kind of an idea that then say I meet someone in real life and I'm kind of like, oh, well, how do they feel about this particular topic? Because I've now been introduced to this being an actual problem, again, air quotes, in motherhood, whereas I may not have even considered it a problem and maybe she would have never considered it a problem if we weren't kind of fed that through these feeds. Yeah, I have never thought of it like that either, Jamie. But you know, that makes me think. So my oldest was formula fed. I never had Mm -hmm. a question. I knew I wanted to formula feed her. Yeah. But again, if I would have seen all of the things, like the arguments about, you know, formula versus breasts, I probably would have been so hard on myself, um, depending on what I was seeing. Right. So if you're following a lot of formula positive pages, um, then I, then I might've been okay. But then if I was following all these breastfeeding things then I probably would have had, you know, my feelings hurt. It felt like I was doing my kid a disservice. Yeah. You were so less I didn't even, than. Yes. yes. Oh, you're so right about that. I, yeah. It's tricky. So, and then what you said about, you know, I was thinking it almost can match like whatever mood you're in too. Like if you're having like a really bad mother day, you know, a hard, (laughs) hard mom day. And then you get on the internet and you see this influencer share, you know, this beautiful writing about, you know, hard days and, you know, we all have them. Then that can just feel like a comforting hug. Absolutely. Yeah. Or like, yes. Yeah. Or um, if you just need like a little hope or like to read something, put a little pep in your step. um, Like it, it can match whatever whatever or like toddlers are crazy you see all those funny memes and you can be yes. like yes like i needed this little chuckle today to get me through the rest yeah, of the day exactly absolutely um so i was gonna say another um thing that kind of bumps me out sometimes about having my phone is i can zone out as far as like i can use being on my phone and like just kind of zoning in on it as like my me time and yeah. sometimes we need that But then sometimes you can maybe do it too much and it feels a little like icky or gross. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to talk about this one a little bit later, but I'm just going to say it now because you've kind of just segued me straight to this. (laughs) Um, This is like the thing that makes me feel the most gross or the grossest. I don't know. Is it most gross (laughs) or grossest? is when I, this is almost a two-parter for me. And truthfully, I feel kind of weird even saying this, but hopefully someone will feel like 
a little bit less alone that if they do this to someone else's also. Um, I find that when I get zoned in my phone, and I'm not talking about like doing something productive. I'm talking more about like I'm scrolling Instagram or I'm scrolling TikTok. I'm doing something that is not necessarily helpful to anyone in the room. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've had a kid who I can almost hear slightly in the background is like saying, mom, mom, mom. And then they like yell at me, mom, really loud. And then I kind of have this like visceral reaction to being like, why are you yelling at me? But then I can sort of hear it in my brain that, oh, yeah, he's he's said mom three or four times and I wasn't responding to him. And it just feels, I just then feel gross. You know, I'm like, man, I got sucked into this phone here and I couldn't even hear my kid trying to get my attention. Yeah, you're definitely not alone with that. I have had those days too. I hope that a lot of other, and this would be such a good conversation, like in the Facebook group to talk Mm -hmm. about these things too, to remind us that we're not alone because I think we, I'm sure we all experience that. You just kind of bring yourself back together. Like, oh, I guess I was not. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to shame myself and I don't want to shame any other moms. Cause like you said, you do deserve to look at your phone and just scroll sometimes. Cause sometimes you're having a really hard time and you need a second to just do something that is unrelated to the small people that are in your space. Right. Um, and so I don't want to shame myself, but I also want to try and figure out how to just balance it a little bit better because it doesn't feel good. And I've even seen it with um, my two kids. They're five and three and they're they're pretty at each other right now. Um, mm-hmm. They both are interested in provoking the other and, you know, <laughs> bringing out the best in each other. You know, I'm <laughs> definitely joking with that. Um, and I've seen where I've like been on my phone and I've kind of missed the start of an escalation with them. And so then someone gets pushed or someone gets yelled at. And then I have kind of missed what even happened. Like you kind of yell I, at the wrong kid. Then I kind yeah, <laughs> my, I, then I yell at the wrong kid and it's like, well, that's not really went, what went down, mom. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. And then I'm like, okay, I need to set my phone down because I'm missing kind of what's happening in front of me. Um, and not allowing myself to be able to intervene quicker or at least know what happened. Do you know what I mean? And I so absolutely know what you mean. It's it's interesting. <laughs> and, and then when you said, too, you don't want to shame yourself. Like, it's all about giving, you know, ourselves grace, especially in moments like that, because you obviously needed to take that time yes. for yourself. So recognizing that and then, yeah, and we're all just figuring this out. We're just going to have to keep figuring it out because, again, our phones aren't going anywhere. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think we have a few ideas kind of toward the end of the episode. We do. To sort through some of this. One of the other things that I really struggle with is the pressure to sort of text people back and email people back sort of in a timely fashion. And this is a little bit of a personality trait. And interestingly, it's similar to the story I told at the top of the episode about making the choice to not respond to someone. Um, But I kind of wish, and it's something I'm really actively working on being able to say, like, am I in a good place to respond right now before I do it? Because I don't like that sort of stress. It's actual stress on my 
body, it feels like, like I need to respond to this person. Um, and it really just doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. So like you mentioned earlier with, you know, your story that you told, I also had like almost a a visceral reaction to that story because I deal with the same thing with people. And a lot of times it's people of other generations. I feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they say, or they're always thinking, well, I know you have your phone right on you. (laughs) So it's just like reminding them sometimes and myself that people do not get all access to me because I have my phone on me all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, and that just really gets to me sometimes because, and I will say, especially since I started going back to work, um, two months ago, I don't have the mental capacity to always text someone back right away because I would like to do a meaningful text back if it requires that kind of response. And then sometimes I'm just not always in that headspace. So, and I've gotten to, into the practice of like not apologizing for not texting back right away. I'll just say something like, hey, sorry, it was a busy day. I mean, I guess that's apologizing, but like <laughs> not feeling like I need an excuse to tell yes. them why I didn't respond right away. Um, and again, that's just like me giving myself the grace and reminding myself like it's my phone, my time. Yes. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I was going to say another challenge is kind of like this feels so weird to say, but like feeling like you have to keep your social media presence like up to date. Yeah. Like, I want to say sometimes I'll go on these breaks where I like am off social media for like two to five months. And I probably do it like once a year just because sometimes things are feel so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But like last year I broke my ankle and like I didn't post about it. And that felt weird to me that like no one knew I broke my ankle. This big significant thing happened in my life and I wasn't sharing it because I wasn't on social media. Um, So that's just like weird and icky and... (laughs) Yeah, I totally see that. So that's kind of one of the reasons I really want to chat with you because you are so active on social media and sharing stories and creating content. Um, And I have virtually stopped doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know I I remember when I was creating my own content, it, it added this whole other layer of responsibility. And I was certainly not getting paid for this, right? Like it was added onto my life kind of by myself. And mm-hmm. we do feel this pressure. And I I can see that. You're like, hey, I'm walking around in a boot right now and no one knows, mm-hmm. but I have a thousand people who know a lot about my life. Like it is, yeah. it's really interesting for sure. And then to say, when we were talking about the connectedness you feel, whenever I did share like, hey, I have a cast, blah, 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 this happened. I had so many like of my friends that like reached out to me and had such well wishes. And I had people like send me DoorDash cards. And, and then, so I was kind of like, I do have like a good, like community and friends here. So again, it's just like, it's so weird. It's going to be weird weird sometimes. Back and forth and like weird pull feeling in all the different directions. Yes. So, I mean, this stuff is really, really hard and you and I don't have any solutions, right? I mean, I feel like at the very least, we kind of just talk about these things in hopes that someone feels a little less alone in their feelings, both their good feelings and their hard feelings about having phones. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have a handful of ideas um, about like managing these feelings and experiences about this kind of constant connection to our phones. 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. All right. So at the top of the episode, we certainly said that this was not going to be an episode about like decreasing screen time. And we're still totally sticking to that. Um, But you and I both have some tips about kind of how to manage some of those challenges that we talked about earlier. So I'll go first this time. Um, This one is pretty important to me and that I've really been working on. And I think begun to really kind of hone this skill is I kind of try to triage every message that comes in. So I'm not like a huge fan of turn off all notifications so you never know, you know, you know, you're never drawn to your phone because it beeped or anything. Like I like knowing when I'm getting a notification um, from a text message or from like a work channel, anything like that. And I basically say to myself, do I need to answer this now? is this a time sensitive situation that I need to get back to this person because this is an important question or B, do I want to answer this now? So maybe it's not time sensitive, but there are people that I genuinely love talking to. So if I get a text from someone who I really want to chit chat with, 
then I'm going to get back to them pretty quickly because I like talking to them and I don't feel distracted or depleted after doing it. And just asking those two questions, if I don't need to answer it or I don't want to answer it in the mo- in the moment, then I don't have to. I can save it for later. And one little thing, I don't know if you've noticed this, Kia. I think this was a part of the new update on the iPhone. And I don't know if this is the case on Android, but you can now mark messages as unread. So when you get a text message, if you you could read it. And then you can mark it as unread, kind of like the same as an email. So then if you want to go back at 9 p.m. later that night and respond to the person, it can be marked as unread. And then you feel like you're kind of staying on top of things. So that has worked really well for me in the last couple of months. I really like that. I did not know that. I might have to try that out. Yeah. But I like how you're evaluating the situation based off like priority and your energy and your time. I like Mm -hmm. that you're still putting like you first Um, because yeah, I'm not going to mute my notifications because if I'm at work. I need to know what my kids are doing or like, I'm always worried about my husband's commute to and from work. So I need to know, I want to know right away if I get text messages from them. I will say I do not have notifications on, on any social media, but I don't know if I like that or not because sometimes if I make a post that I expect will get a lot of, you know, feedback, then I'll keep, checking my app so I'm like Uh should I put it there or not I don't know it's I don't know (laughs) yeah I I don't have a solution to that I think that's totally that's something you should like just toy around with try it try it out yeah yeah so I'm gonna talk about screen time limits Mm -hmm. now I know this is not a new idea but it makes it's really helpful for me because I pretty much always will hit the additional 15 minutes (laughs) Yeah. Or ignore for the next 24 hours. But what it does right then and there when I hit those buttons is it puts me in check that I have already been over my allotted time for the day, Um, which kind of makes me evaluate things and how I will like be on my phone for the rest of the day. So like if I'm responding to someone or talking to someone or watching something, I will click, you know, the additional time buttons. But then like for the rest of the day, I might try to put my phone away a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that it's helpful in that sense, even if you don't always stick to your one hour a day or whatever it is for me, I think I have all social medias as timed at an hour a day. And there are days where I'm less than that. There are days where I'm way more than that. Um, but it always just kind of puts me in check a little bit. Yeah. It's just like a gentle reminder, a little gentle accountability of like, okay, I already hit this and it's, you know, only 10 a.m., So like maybe I will do something a little different. I totally, totally feel that one. Okay, so this one I think is a little tangible and one that has worked for me a lot lately. Um, If you have Bluetooth earbuds, um, I I mean, you could do this with wired earbuds too, for sure. Um, But I have found that I can take my phone and set it over on the counter and turn on some music. And I put in one of my AirPods and turn some music on when I am at home parenting my children, when they're at home with me and we're doing things together. They need my attention. We're talking about stuff. I never listen to a podcast or a book with my kids around because I like to really focus when I'm listening to something. But music music that I like and music Mm -hmm. that I have chosen in my ear seems to provide like 
this sort of stimulus that my brain is kind of craving. Sometimes I think I'm so in the vortex of little kids around me that then my brain is like, go for your phone because that kind of gets you out of this crazy vortex of children running and screaming. And I found that like just having some music in my ear that isn't Moana or Encanto is like (laughs) really, really grounding for me and actually allows me to be more focused. I can still interact with them and enjoy them um, without reaching for my phone. And they feel my attention still. And so that has worked really well for me um, is just some music that I really like in my ear. And it makes me feel kind of more like my own person. I love that you said that I, and you can see me just nodding along. I love that you give yourself that permission to just use a little bit of your phone, like that piece of your phone that still keeps you like present, but like you get to do something for you. I hope that gives other people permission listening to try something like that out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know I talked about earlier about like curating my feed for me, um, as much as I can. So, um, I like sometimes you just have those friends that are in different seasons of life than you. And so like if they're always going on vacations all the time or like they look like they're having so much fun all the time and you can kind of feel yourself comparing yourself to that when you're like stuck nursing a baby all day. You're at home with toddlers all day muting them um, because they don't know. Um, They're not going to know. And you can always unmute them at a different time. So I am very heavily on the mute button. Yeah. Um, these days. And it doesn't mean that I don't like them. It doesn't mean that I don't want to see their stuff um, or I'm not so rooting for them in their season of life. It just means that I'm taking control of like what I see for my own mental health. And that has been a game changer. When Instagram came out with the mute button and Facebook has it too. Um, oh, that's good to that, know. I didn't know that. Yes, they do. That was so just like freeing to me. Yeah, I am. So, so utilize that, you bu- that mute button. <laughs> I totally see that. And again, like you're saying, you're putting yourself first. You're self-reflecting that this is not sitting well with me. What can I do about it? And it's just temporary if it needs to be. That's good. Um, Okay. So this next one for me is definitely a work in progress, but I'm trying to be more intentional about it. So I have started actually saying out loud to myself, okay, I am scrolling now when I grab my phone. And doing this has allowed me to kind of say like, what is my current like environment like? Maybe both of my kids are on their devices. Maybe both of my kids are outside playing like pretty well together, you know, and it doesn't feel like the ball is going to drop anytime soon. Mm -hmm. I can take my phone and I can say out loud, okay, I am scrolling now. And it one gives me the permission to say, yeah, go have a good scroll, Jamie, like (laughs) see what's out there. Enjoy yourself. Like this is, this is enjoyable to you. This is fun. But also then kind of makes me say, if I'm not saying that, then I shouldn't just be you know, mindlessly picking up my phone and scrolling. When I say those words out loud, it actually makes me feel like I'm doing something intentional, um, which feels kind of good. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not scrolling anymore because that is making me feel X, Y, or Z. This is one that I'm really working on, but I like it. I like putting some words around it and some um, just structure around the activity that I'm doing. I love that you said that because 
like you said, like we said earlier, phones aren't going anywhere, but being intentional about our usage sometimes can just make us feel a little better. Yeah. Um, giving yourself that permission. I love that. I might try that out, Jamie. <laughs> all right. So I know I talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, we keep talking about people having all access to you because we have our yeah. phones. So just like work on, I mean, you can make up a script to say to people over and over again, if that makes you feel better. Like, um, I don't get on my phone at this at this time or like, hey, I'm really working on not always pick up picking up my phone every time I get a notification or, hey, I turn my notifications off. I mean, they're not going to know. I personally don't have read receipts on so that people don't know when I see their message. And yes. that is very intentional. Yes. Um, And just like not apologizing for not always having the mental capacity to respond at every message you get, because we are constantly getting notifications about everything. Um. And that's like just another add on us. Like it's another thing we have to do, another responsibility, another chore sometimes. Um, just giving yourself that like permission to hold those boundaries. And like I said, I think making like a little script would be helpful if you need it. You know, you're giving me permission to not do the apology because I say I'm sorry all the time. Like mm -hmm. if I haven't responded, I don't know, it just feels like, this is what I should do if I took, you know, 12 hours to respond. Let me just make sure you know why, even though they probably do know why. And this, you know, you're this kind of dovetails perfectly into my last idea, because you're saying, like, use a script and say, hey, I am trying to be more intentional with my phone right now. I'm decreasing some of my screen time. And I heard Liz Gilbert say one time that liberation is a two way street. And so when you liberate yourself, you're liberating them too. That if you say, hey, I am not going to be responding immediately, you are then giving them permission to not respond immediately. And it's a really nice place to be that everyone has a really good understanding of how this relationship is going to work through our phones. And I think it makes a big difference. So, whoo. Kia, this was fun. This was so fun. Thank you for doing this with me. Well, of listeners, course. if you made it this far, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope you found this episode interesting and maybe a little bit helpful, and hopefully you can take something away from this. Like we said, we'd love to continue this conversation over on Instagram or in the Facebook group because... We know this was so specific to Kia and myself, and I suspect we've really only scratched the surface on this topic. People have lots of other experiences. So let's keep chatting about it and um, sorting through some of these challenges that aren't going away anytime soon. Um, so Sarah and Megan will be back next Tuesday with an all new episode. And Kia, thank you for chatting. I hope we get to do this again soon. See you, Jamie. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. 
Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. 